BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, but we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts gummies, fruity splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable in PG County. I'm back with Demetria L. Lucas. I got in from Ghana like 6.45 this morning. And in my head, I had this bright idea that one, I was going to sleep train myself in one day. I was going to stay up the entire day until at least 10, 30, 11. I was going to do the podcast as soon as I landed. And then I was going to go run errands because I have a bunch of things that I need to take care of while I'm in the States. I had this idea that I was going to take an 11 hour flight across the Atlantic and then hit the ground running for an entire day. It sounds ludicrous now that I'm actually living it. But I got in like this morning, it takes an hour to get from IED, Dulles Airport, to my parents' house. And we sat around and talked for a while. I had breakfast with my parents. And then somewhere around, I would say like 11 o'clock, I just started to crash. I tried to stay awake because I was like, I have to do the podcast. I have to do the podcast. So I came in my room and There were tons of boxes, tons and tons of boxes, because I waited until the day after Christmas when all the sales were really big, and I bought a ton of stuff over that week. And then I bought a ton more stuff during MLK weekend. It was all waiting for me, like boxes piled up, 30 boxes worth of stuff. So I started opening the boxes, and I made it to the end of the boxes, and then like I just crashed. like I was exhausted. So I just got up. So it's 2.22 on the East Coast. I'm happy to be home. I'm also a little unhappy to, unhappy is not the right word. I just, I really enjoyed myself during my time in Ghana. And I thought six months would be enough time. And when it got down to like, you know, the last night, I was like, no, I, I just, I need more time. I need more time. I genuinely thought about changing my flight, but I really did need to come home and, and switch out bags and take care of some stuff here before I go off to uh, my next adventure. Which to reiterate, there is a next adventure. I posted on my social media pages about a an interaction I had with the, the young woman who works at the desk in my building, like real sweetheart. We had like a, just a very human connection type moment when I said goodbye to her yesterday. And, um, 
and I shared the story and people had a real emotional reaction to it. But a lot of people, you know, just started to write in feelings about my travels in Ghana and they're coming to an end and they really enjoyed it. And I was like, people, we're on Africa hiatus for like two weeks. Um, and then I'm back I'm in a different place, but back nonetheless. I'm really excited about Johannesburg. With Ghana, I had told people, I was like, hey, I'm moving to Ghana. Here are the dates that I will be here. If you want to come, come. Just give me a heads up. Let me know when you're coming and we'll figure it out. I have an extra bedroom. Come. Nobody came. I mean, for Christmas, yeah. But like the rest of the time, nobody came. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Y'all got other things to do. Y'all want to go other places or Africa's far. Like, I get it. But for South Africa... Two people have already booked flights and was like, so here are the dates. I'll be there. All right. That's fine. South Africa's dope. I haven't been in 10 years, 11 years. I still have friends, people that I connected with when I was there or people that I met in Ghana. They were traveling in Ghana and um, we connected and they live in South Africa. So I have a little circle down there. Not as many people, but the people that I know are good folks. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Johannesburg. I just got a bunch of stuff to do before I get there. And that was on my mind a lot when I was um, at the airport in Accra. And I couldn't sleep on the plane. I watched four Eddie Murphy movies. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I like Eddie Murphy as much as anybody else, but I'm not like the hugest Eddie Murphy fan. But I started, I was like, oh, let's just watch Harlem Nights. Let's watch Coming to America. And then I watched Boomerang. And then I started on The Nutty Professor. I would probably watch like the first hour or so and then I drift off for an hour and then wake back up and then start a new Eddie Murphy film. I was like, I don't know why I'm suddenly into Eddie Murphy that much. I'm like, is Eddie Murphy okay? Did something happen to Eddie Murphy? Maybe I should have Googled him before I started recording. But nevertheless, um, I just had a lot on my mind about, you know, all the things that I had to do when I got here. When I got off the plane, when I was in the car headed to my parents' house, I was checking my social media and this woman had sent me a message and she was like, I saw you at the airport and she said your energy just looked really low. And I was like, am I supposed to be high energy all the time? I'm, I'm about to get on an 11 hour flight. I'm not really excited about it. I don't actually like airports and flying. It's a necessary evil to get to my destination. But I was like, why am I expected to have high energy at an airport? It was just a really weird thing to, I don't know, write to somebody. Sometimes people encounter me and People just have weird reactions. I know I finally accepted that I'm a public figure, um, at least to the point that people I don't know recognize me when I'm out in the street, even though I haven't been on TV in any real way for years. But I guess the impact of social media is about the same as, as being on TV sometimes. But I think people just see like this curated version of my life and think that at all times I'm gallivanting, adventuring, exploring, like, I, I don't know. And often I am, but even in the midst of that, like, I'm not always, I don't know, experiencing a 10, even on a 10 day. Like, I am a normal human being with a range of human emotions that vary throughout the course of the day or the course of an hour. I'm also still a cancer. Stay with me, people. It's just a really interesting thing to send someone. Sometimes I feel people encounter me and don't really know what to say. Sometimes they get nervous and say the first thing that pops in their head and it's not always kind or socially acceptable. Like people just say the randomest shit to me and I'll be like, what? Why would you say that? Or even better, like, why would you email that? Like, I understand being in the moment. Like last time I was at the airport in Ghana, I think when I was headed to 
I was headed to Doha. This woman, she came up to me as I was going to sit down and literally like burst into tears. And she was telling me that following the Season World Travels had inspired her to go to Ghana. And, you know, she was a woman of a certain age and she hadn't been married. And, you know, just me living my life and, you know, on my own terms and being happy just, you know, gives her hope. She talked about like how her mother is really on her ass about not being married and she feels inadequate and then burst into tears. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. And she was very sincere. She was very sweet. I didn't mind it. It's just, you know, I was just, you know, kind of trying to eat a cookie and drink some wine. And then like, you know, there was an emotional purge on me that I wasn't expecting. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> she was a sweet woman. I wish her well. And I was like, I just think sometimes people forget that, I don't know, I'm also human. Sometimes I think, I guess I forget I'm also human because I thought I was going to land in America and hit the ground running. My ass was down for the count. Like, you ever be so sleep and snore so hard, you wake yourself up? That happened like twice. Okay, three times. I was tired. I was really tired. What else is going on? Good black news. I am good black news this week. At my farewell dinner, I was there with seven of my friends in Ghana, all black women. Two of them weren't there because they had to come back to, of all places, D.C. So I'm going to try to connect with them while I'm in town. But... I had my phone off because the people I would usually be texting were all sitting at the table. And also, I didn't want to be rude. I wanted to be, you know, present in the moment the last time that I would see most of these women for the next eight months or so. So we're wrapping up dinner, just paid the check. And I checked my Instagram and checked my messages. And there's this message from Niecy Nash. And she's like, girl, congratulations on your GLAD nomination. My what? And then it just took a minute to like, because I didn't connect it. And I was like, GLAD nomination? For what? And then I was like, oh, the cover story that I did on Nisi and her wife, Jessica, for Essence. It was the first time a same-sex couple had been on the cover of Essence in their over 50-year history. So it was a black first. And it was a huge cover. It got a whole lot of attention. But I didn't realize it was even up for consideration from GLAD. For so to be nominated, especially for something I wrote, huge honor. I don't think I have, actually him reminded me that I don't. I have awards for writing books. I have awards for being a media personality, but I don't have any awards for for journalism specifically. I tended or tend to write about very puffy kind of pieces that aren't always the type of things that get awarded. Most of the serious stuff, like the investigative reports to news, politics, things like that, are more likely to get journalism awards. But I didn't have any awards or nominations even for anything in journalism. So this is a great honor to be nominated. My friend Mame was sitting at the table across from me and I don't know why she knew to pick up her phone, but she captured the entire moment of me like announcing to this table. Oh my God. If you saw the video, I posted on all my social media pages. Like I'm in complete shock. I was like, oh my God, like Nisi Nash just texted me that I just, I just got nominated for a GLAAD award and then like kind of lost it, which is very unlike me, but also like me, you know, I cry a lot, but I usually like compose in public. Like I cry a lot in private. I don't really cry a lot in public, but yeah, I was like, oh shit. There was also um, an award this sounds so bad. I need to look it up. I got an award for the podcast, the Signal Awards, Best Lifestyle Podcast. So I'm very grateful for that as well. Is that the first award for the podcast? I feel like the podcast gets a lot of attention. It's doing really well. 3.7, 3.8 million streams last year. It gets recognized a lot. It does a lot of press sometimes, but it's not often awarded. 
I feel like there was another award for the podcast. You see, I just don't keep up with those sort of things. I don't write or do the podcast or anything that I do for the recognition or the awards. I do it because it's something I enjoy doing. Sometimes it's for the money. You know, I don't play about my coin, um, but it's not for the recognition or the awards. But I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it when it is recognized, when it is nominated, because um, I think that's an honor as well. But also when it's awarded, I'm very, very thankful when that can happen. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The last thing you want to hear when you need your auto insurance most is... Thank you for calling. Please listen to your list of 46 possible service options. Which is why when you choose USAA Auto Insurance, you'll get great service that is easy and reliable. 24-7 online service for claims, access to roadside assistance, and more. All at the touch of a button. Start getting the service you deserve. Get a quote today. Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. I'll be honest with you. I haven't really kept up with good black news this week. I was trying to get all my shit together so I didn't leave anything behind in Ghana, which I ended up leaving things behind in Ghana. I had to give my friend a suitcase of my stuff to store until I get back. Thankfully, she has a whole storage facility. I had to leave a couple of knickknacks, mostly stuff from my house. And I was like, it doesn't make sense to bring it back to America and only to take it back to Ghana in eight months. It makes more sense to just leave it in Ghana. I know a lot about scandalous black news. Y'all are so dope. Because I said on the last podcast, I was like, there may not be an episode this week because, you know, I'm moving. And so people actively were sending me stuff because they knew I was, you know, busy and wasn't able to concentrate on, you know, producing the show in the same way. So they made sure I had like the good things to talk about. One of those things, do we want to talk about this off top? Fuck it. Why not? Your boy, your boy, TJ Holmes. The New York Post has another story about him. He and Amy are still not back on the air. It's been at least, I would say, two and a half, three weeks. Because my friend DeMarco has been filling in for TJ and and doing a great job. I love me some DeMarco Morgan. I love DeMarco down. I've known him for years and years and years. He, He is a great and wonderful and solid dude. Like, I love that dude. I'm team DeMarco at this point. Um, But the New York Post ran another story, yet another story, about TJ Holmes, who may or may not have a job. The headline is TJ Holmes, allegedly, ain't trying to get sued, had sex with a 24-year-old ABC employee 
in his office. Sir, sir. A source claimed to DailyMail.com yesterday, Thursday, that Holmes had a month-long affair with Jasmine Petaway, then 24, in 2015. The friend who's spilling the tea. Look, don't this sound familiar? It's the 25th anniversary, I think, of Monica Lewinsky. And people still drag Monica Lewinsky. And they're like, oh, you know, she did that shit. And then she went and told all the business. She didn't tell the business. She confided in someone, an older woman, Linda Tripp. She needed somebody to talk to about what she was doing. And she told Linda Tripp all the business. And then Linda Tripp told the business. That's how the whole story came out. It wasn't Monica running her mouth. As a reminder, we have a similar situation here where this friend who was remaining anonymous she says of TJ, quote, he was a predator who took full advantage of his position and he was reckless. She added, quote, it was Jasmine's first real job in television. It was a big deal for her. She was looking for a mentor. She reached out to several people. TJ was someone who was responsive, but absolutely abused the position of trust. She said their relationship started as they would go out to grab drinks. She said the first time they, quote, got sexual was in his office a couple of hours before he was set to go on air. Now, he was the morning correspondent, was he not? Like, this is what, this is how y'all spending y'all mornings? <laughs> I mean, ain't nothing wrong with morning sex. I enjoy a good early morning romp, like in my bed, not necessarily at the office. Different strokes, literally, for different folks. According to the unnamed source, Holmes' alleged behavior with Petaway was not uncommon, but rather part of, quote, incredibly reckless conduct on his part. The woman says that, that Holmes used to, quote, get handsy with Petaway in public when they were having drinks. She said, quote, he just didn't seem to care. She also says Holmes was wearing his wedding ring at the time. The New York Post went to talk to ABC a source at ABC, an unnamed source, said there's already an internal investigation underway into if anything happened between TJ and Jasmine. The source said, quote, she was only at ABC News for a short period of time. But if they did have an affair when he was her superior, this would be a huge problem for TJ. I think this is the allegedly allegedly the other two are confirmed amy for sure because they walking around nyc holding hands publicly there was another woman that worked in abc she looked indian american i don't know if that was her background but she was brown but she didn't look black to me and then this young woman who's also black i'm like sir 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 you can't treat your i mean you can because he did allegedly well no not allegedly because the two are confirmed but you can't treat your your office space like your personal tinder account it's an HR nightmare because I keep seeing the comments in response to these allegations about women that have had affairs with, with TJ and everyone, oddly, I think, maybe because he's very charming and he's very attractive, but people tend to be siding with TJ and everyone's like, you know, these are grown people. Like his wife should definitely have an issue. I totally get the wife being upset, but why is ABC so upset if grown people are engaging in consensual sex? They're overstepping boundaries, trying to regulate grown people's sexual activities. And I was like, no, it's, it's deeper than that. Like, this is a massive lawsuit waiting to happen for ABC, not for TJ Holmes. It's one thing with Amy because they're both anchors, so they're on the same level. But these other two women, 
one confirmed the other alleged he's their superior by far like there's a there's a uh there's a very deep power imbalance which puts into question um how consensual the relationship is we just talked about monica Lewinsky and and president clinton like you're literally talking about someone who's at the top of the food chain having sex with the intern who's at the lowest part it's not like abc is so ethical or so moral it's it's the lawsuits the money that's the problem if you condone it for tj and amy or tj and any of these other women it kind of gives the green light to everyone else in the organization it's a bunch of massive lawsuits waiting to happen sexual harassment payouts can be huge that's all they're just trying to avoid the lawsuits and i'm not mad at them because again i'm team demarco Ain't nothing against TJ. When I used to do Good Morning America all the time, like he would be up there. He would be in the makeup room getting his shine taken off. And he's just as charming as he could be, just as cute as he could be. He's not—he's one of the people that likes a lot of attention all the time. Michael Strahan, oddly enough, is actually really quiet. When the cameras turn on, he turns up. Very respectful, very nice, very personable, very personable, very, um, very chivalrous in a non-condescending way. Like whenever I walked on set, like you literally have to step up on set. He would come from his chair and extend his hand just so I could balance when I stepped up in a heel. He's that kind of dude. Um, I never did a segment with TJ Holmes. I was only backstage with him. Fun fact, when I was in Ghana was literally my 10th time being on GMA. My first as the subject, I would, I would usually go on as an expert to talk about dating and relationships. Go figure. That seems like a whole different lifetime ago now. Oh, I guess this is good black news. Last week we talked about, or the week before, we talked about Leslie Jones. She was going to be a guest host on Comedy Central. Not on Comedy Central. What's the name of Trevor Noah's show? Daily, the Daily Show. It ain't Trevor Noah's show no more. Trevor Noah left. Trevor Noah left and has been gallivanting around the world living his best life. Like I saw some picture, like, I want to say like he left the Daily Show on a Wednesday and then he popped up in Qatar for the World Cup on Friday and had his hair cornrowed. I was like, you could have done cornrows on the Daily Show. He's cute as he can be. They popped up with cornrows in Qatar. And then I saw like last week, two weeks ago, he and his friends went whitewater rafting and the raft overturned and they were in the water. And there was a picture of, of somebody trying to pull Trevor Noah out the water. He looked desperate to be saved. He wrote this really amazing caption. Did we talk about this? And I talked about how good of a writer Trevor Noah was. Sometimes I do whole segments when I'm recording the show and then I edit them out. But Trevor Noah is an excellent writer. I didn't realize that. I never read his book. I have his book. I didn't get a chance to read it though. That was not the point. The point is Leslie Jones did The Daily Show. I only saw one segment that she did. She had the same take on that MLK statue that I did. She was really good. I don't always find her funny, per se. I'll chuckle. But like when she was on Saturday Night Live, like her skits didn't really do it for me. Like I watched because I'm rooting for the black woman. Um, But she was excellent on The Daily Show. Like she's just quippy and fun. She was actually funny as fuck. And I was like, oh, all right. I'm willing to see how Wanda Sykes does. I'm willing to see how D.O. Hughley does. Because I think we talked about this before. I think I was probably more excited about D.O. Hughley than anybody else. But after I saw Leslie do her thing, I was like, okay. Even though when they asked her if she wanted to take over the show permanently, if it'd be something she was interested in, she didn't commit to an answer. I think she said she'd rather not answer that or something like that. And I was like, no, sis, like you might want to claim this for yourself. You're, you're good. I mean, if that's what she wants, I think she's good. I think she might be a good fit for the show. But if she don't want it, then, you know, then I don't want her to have it. But if she wants it, 
I think she did a good job. Ugh, I loathe this topic. Future. I hate talking about future. How many children's mothers does he have? He never gets appropriately dragged for that. Like people mention it every once in a while. I don't feel like he's ever had an appropriate dragging. I mean, he probably wouldn't care one way or another, but just the way that he's so reckless in the way that he speaks about other people. I was like, once you've been properly dragged before, you know, think twice before they do stuff to other people. Cause they just, you know, cause they know how it feels, but you know, he's borderline sociopath. Like how many single mothers have you created? But I was reading on the YBF earlier today, your boy Future has more to say about Sierra. He's got some new song. I'm not naming it because I'm not promoting it because he's got a new album coming out. I'm not naming it because I don't remember it. And I'm also not promoting it. But he has some lyric where he talks about smashing Sierra and he implies that they still have an ongoing sexual relationship. And then even worse, I think, Equally as bad. Let me say equally as bad. I don't want to say worse, but you take it how you, you tell me if it's worse or not. He also mentioned Michelle Obama and the implication is that she wants to smash. She's a cougar who's old enough to be his mom. And I was like, you don't have any basic respect for the first lady of the United States. The first black first lady of the United States. Are you kidding me? Michelle Obama, like she, she says a few problematic things about marriage, which things I find problematic and not like hugely problematic. Like she's not like Kevin Samuels level of problematic. She just says some things that I'm just like, really? She's also from a different generation. I, I take that into account. But you see, even in the way that I'm speaking about Michelle Obama, like, you know, sometimes I say things that are a little reckless, but like, you see, I'm tempering what I say because she's the first black lady of the United States. Like have some goddamn respect. Have some respect. Future, none. None. We call Michelle Obama a cougar as if she's out here trying to ride young dick. I'm like, she's, she got a whole husband. She got a whole attractive and virile husband. We've never heard anything about Michelle Obama being unfaithful, eyeballing people, like nothing. She's been nothing but like the, the what's the word? The model, the model of, of supportive wife, mother, black womanhood, motherhood, professionalism. You take you talking reckless about Michelle Obama? Nigga. Just I think she's off limits. I also think, just for clarity, this Sierra should be off limits. Like I understand y'all dated and, and y'all have a child together, which is all the more reason you should just leave this woman alone because she's raising your kid. You gotta co-parent with this lady in some capacity for the rest of your life. It's people be like, oh, until the kid is 18. It's not like parenting ends at 18. You still got to see them at, at college graduation, grad school graduation, whatever the child chooses to do with their life, whatever milestones, goals, holidays, whatever. You still got to deal with this lady in some capacity. Like, why do you choose to make it toxic? I wish I could recall where I got this from. I don't know, but somebody said it and it stuck. They were like, some people's love language is chaos. They really just don't know how else to exist other than to keep some shit going. That's just, that's all they know. Future strikes me as one of those people. In addition to he and Sierra no longer being together and, and needing to co-parent this child for the rest of the child's life, it's counterproductive to peace. But in addition, this lady done moved on. She is whole married to Russell and they have two additional children together. They have been married since July 2016. 
It is currently January 2023. Leave this lady alone. Leave this lady alone. It's no need to mention her in your music. You're only name dropping her and Michelle Obama for the controversy that their brand names bring so you can sell albums. If you need gimmicks like this for people to recognize your music, is your music any good? You gotta disrespect the first lady and your and one of your and one of your kids' moms who's married since 2016 with two other kids. She's moved on, sir. You need to. Men gotta stop this shit. Irv Gotti, that means you too. Who was talking about Foxy Brown the other day? Was it Keith Murray? I saw somebody talking about they had sex with, with Foxy Brown. Her response was pretty much like, nigga, never. Yeah, Keith Murray. He's talking about some shit that may or may not have happened in the mid-90s. I don't care if it did or didn't. Like, that's none of my business. But literally, y'all talking about sex that happened 20 years ago? Even if you told me about sex that happened yesterday. This ain't a TJ Holmes situation. Y'all are actually grown and consenting adults. This is not a work situation. Neither one of y'all are, and, and no slander to Foxy because she was minding her business when this came up. Neither of y'all are particularly relevant right now. Like, this isn't this isn't interesting news. Who Who cares? I understand it was good. The sex you had stays on your mind. But sir, it's been years, decades. Move on. Fantasize about it in your quiet hours like everyone else. This need to like put it in music or, or go on podcasts or, or documentaries, Irv, or, and spill messy tea, sir. It's not hot. It's a triple pour. The tea is bland and room temperature. It's no longer interesting. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. of um sex i haven't seen the latest episode of carisha please yet it's carisha and trina the clip that has been circulating from this this latest episode is carisha talking about she likes golden showers aka she likes to be peed on it makes her feel sexy or something like people have been losing it p diddy p-e-e diddy was trending on twitter yesterday and i was like i'm so glad i missed that shit when I was planning on coming home, my friends were like, stay. We ain't shit over here. Stay. You ain't missing a goddamn thing. Stay. And I was like, no, I'm going to come home. And they were like, no, you want to stay. Stay. I promise you. 
And I was like, oh, had I saw P. Diddy was trending, I was like, I might have been like, you know what, America? <laughs> I'm going to just stay where I am. I'm just going to come home for a week and do a quick turnaround. Honestly, it's not my thing. It's That don't do it for me. I'm open to many things. You're not peeing on me. You're not spitting on me. And you're not defecating on me. Like, these are non-negotiables. But here's the thing, though. If that's your thing, I respect it. People get off on a whole bunch of different shit. I'm, I'm sure there are things that I like to do that there are some men who would be like, I'm not doing that shit. No. I'm like, really? No. No. I respect where people choose to, to draw their boundaries about what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. Carisha likes to be peed on. As long as she's dating someone who likes to pee on her is unsanitary or as hell no, as that might sound to some people, I get it. But I allow for just because people like something sexually that I don't like doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me or something wrong with them for liking what I don't like. If you don't like golden showers, then don't get peed on. It's really that simple. But I think it's really interesting that, you know, Carisha has expressed this. And I've seen tons of people being like, for the love of God, you don't have to share every single thing that you do in your bedroom or that pops up in your head. Like, is there any sort of censor? Is there any sort of line that people won't cross? No. Have you, have you met the internet? It's been around for a while. No. But people have just automatically assumed that, you know, she must have had traumas in her life. She must have been abused in her life. Someone must have, you know, um, disrespected or corrupted her at a young age. And so this is why she likes this thing that she likes. People have gone full like psychoanalytical about what must be wrong with her to like something like a golden shower. Even though it's something that is not my kink, I still make allowance for... You know, other people like shit that I'm not into. It's okay. I don't think that it means that, you know, something traumatic has happened to you. I think something traumatic has happened to most black women by the time they hit 25. Not necessarily sexual abuse or, or, or rape or molestation or something like that. But it's hard to get out in the world as a black woman, even as a woman, period, and engage with men on a regular basis and not have some sort of traumatic experience. It's sad, but it's true. There's just a significant number of men who just do not like women, who just do not respect women and, and treat them in all sorts of horrible ways. So to sort of put this thing off on Carisha and be like, oh, she must have been traumatized, abused, molested, mistreated. Like, yeah, that's the common story of, of women in America specifically, but around the world, in most places, women are not regarded very highly and men do crazy shit to them. But to automatically assign to Carisha that she must have been differently, specially, intentionally, bigly traumatized because she likes a sexual act that other people don't. I don't think that's fair for her. What else is on this list? Oh, last but not least, he gets on my nerves so bad. Stephen A. Smith, he went on Sherry's show and Sherry asked him, because you know, he, he does sports. Sherry asked him what he thought about Rihanna performing at the Super Bowl. She might have asked him, not even like, what do you think? But maybe it was more like, are you excited about, you know, Rihanna performing? Like it was a real softball kind of question. Sherry's show in general, even though it came to fruition because Sherry did such a good job when she was filling in for Wendy, Wendy was very messy. Sherry, it's just not her brand. It's not her personality. She's, she's not Wendy. She's not trying to be Wendy. 
So when Sherry asked the question about, you know, what he thought about Rihanna or whether he was looking forward to Rihanna, it was a real softball type question. It wasn't a setup to be messy. And Stephen A. Smith was like, Rihanna's okay. But he was like, well, she's no Beyonce. And she tried to help him out. And so she was like, you know, Beyonce's great, but, you know, Rihanna's also great. And every woman doesn't have to be Beyonce. Like she really tried to help him walk himself out of the danger zone. And he just insisted on staying in it. And I was like, do you not know? Like, I mean, the Beehive is one thing, but Rihanna's Navy, they crazy too. And also, it was just an unnecessary drag. It's pretty unproblematic. Like, the most problematic thing about Rihanna is like, are we getting a new album? Which it does seem that we are. And I particularly didn't like the way that he was pitting these two women against each other when in real life they seem to get along and have a mutual admiration for each other, if not a friendship. And guys do that a lot sometimes. They're just like trying to pit women against each other and cause unnecessary strife. Like it was just, it was just ugly and messy and ugh. It left a really big distaste in my mouth for Stephen A. Smith. I was talking to one of my friends about him and I was like, yeah, I'm just really annoyed, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, that was pretty on brand for him. Like he does that shit all the time. He's always saying like left type shit. And I was like, oh. I don't think I like him. And he was like, yeah, he's, he's a controversial figure. And I was like, oh, all right. I was like, but leave Rihanna alone. The thing that really got me too, though, Sherry tried to help him. Like she tried to help him walk it back or, you know, okay, you said it this way and it's not coming across so well. So let me ask you to explain because maybe there's some, some meaning that we're missing. Like, go ahead and clean this up. I'm let you clean it up. And he just couldn't, wouldn't, didn't, didn't know he should. Like, it just, ugh. Yeah. All right, that's the episode. I'm about to go edit and get this out. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate you very much. We'll be back next week after I've gotten some sleep and had a chance to do some real production and figure out what's going on in the world. I'm a little bit delusional right now. Like my body thinks it's 8:19 and doesn't understand why the sun is still out. Like I'm literally sitting in the room with all the blinds closed so I can't see sunlight because my body's having a weird reaction. Like I just woke up and I'm still tired give myself some grace and some rest because one of my friends was like oh when are you gonna be free for drinks and I was like we can go out tonight and he was like girl bye (laughs) he was like I'll try you on Sunday how about that like oh okay (laughs) all right all right y'all um we'll talk next week have a great weekend okay bye